Hi, my name is Nariba Shepard. And I'm Justin Onet Graham. And this is Terms, Terms of, of Service. Service. You keep I'm changing doing it up. the thing. I'm trying to like think about different ways to do it. And I love that for us. <laughs> I do. I do. How are you? Good. Just, you know, basking in the fact that we've somehow managed to make it all the way to this year, our Lord, 2023. Facts. And uh, <laughs> we did it. How? Yeah. I, Barely. I mean, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> How we got there. But we here. Because you can crawl over that finish line, honey. And that's I mean, okay. I feel like I mean, I've we've been doing that the last couple of years. Like just, as a as oh the world. Yeah. Just like yeah. one broken leg, but we're still fucking going. We're still fighting we're the fight. We're showing up to every shift. We're still fighting the God. fight. And that exhausting. Makes me very happy, but yeah, also, yeah. also very exhausting. How yeah. are you though? I'm great. I, Staying out of trouble. Plotting for us two summers out. Yeah. So very much out of trouble, but very much in the mix. Nice. So I can't, I can't complain, you know, but if I could. Yes. Who gives a shit? Oh, I thought we were about to have a tea. Oh, no. Uh, No. But we will be having tea time later today. Oh, I did. During this episode. Yes. So that. The imposter syndrome pot. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yes. If you like to watch your tea become tea at home, you know? Yeah, get yourself this expensive ass pot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, back again. Very excited. Very, you know, I want to say heightened energy. Yes. Uh, because we have another guest. And she herself is such a fucking powerhouse that I oh my God. literally, literally just have to... Kick it over to you, Jackson, because hey, this is Hi. so. This is going to be so good. How I'm, are you? I'm so good. I cannot believe that we're doing this right now. Yes, um, believe I mean, it. I'm you're in it. I'm no, glad I can't believe that we do it, it ever. ever. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> so, so. I mean, I've seen you guys in your element. So to be sitting here with you and part of the conversation, it's That's a little I'm surreal. For me. I'm glad that this is happening because I feel yeah. like by the time we got to dinner at Perilla. Shout out to the homies at Perilla. Yeah. I was so like good. I'm still full. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was still like full. I was so lit that I was like trying to have conversations with people, but I was like <laughs> So, you know. Yeah. So I'm very grateful that you're back and we can like have more conversation. Yeah, thanks for having yes. me guys. And the lit meter is going to be significantly less yeah. because we're going to be enjoying, enjoying some spirit-free offerings. We're going to be lit in our spirits. Lit in our hearts. Yes, that's what I said. Well, I mean, spirit, <laughs> well they can't huh? see me rubbing upon my heart area. Great. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I stopped myself from saying titties like three times <laughs> in the middle of that. Well, I, this is a safe space. It yeah. is a safe so, space. Maybe. So speak, speak how you will. <laughs> yes. Jackson. Hi. Hi, friends. Yes. So please introduce yourself because as I had mentioned, mm-hmm. I could, I can't do you justice. Dang. Well, hopefully I can do me some justice. Oh, my you can. Jackson Flores. Mm-hmm. I am the president and co-founder of Dish Roulette Kitchen. Yes. We're I know a, that's right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a 501c3 located at 1316 West 18th Street in Pilsen. Dope. And we provide funding and education to minority-owned restaurant owners. Um, we support women, people of color, and undocumented entrepreneurs. 
figure their shit out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's that's An real. incubation station. Incubation station, like, that's right. Yeah. But before we the get community. into all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm, we about to figure out what your sign is. Oh, yeah. Hey. I know my sign. Yes. Uh, I think I... I was asked what my birth chart is. I do not know that for sure. That's that, that, that's okay. Um, but I am a Taurus. I'm a okay. Aries Taurus cusp. Wait, what day? April twenty second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I like have a special place in my heart for the Taurus people. It's y'all are something else in the best possible way. It's like. If you are filled with logic and you move into any I'm, I'm gonna process it. Come on, I gotta process you like you you have logic and you use it in a way that like makes me personally as an Aries, but I feel like just people in general feel like they've not had enough thought on something. Like word, y'all show up with solutions when no one is asking for them. Oh my god, I've never felt more seen. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. It's like, yeah. It's, wow. it's a special brand. Yes. Yeah. Wow. All of like my very close friends, usually when it instantly happens, it's because they're a Taurus, because I have no stability and I need that. <laughs> well, the one thing, because, you know, the Nariba's the, the expert the here, but no, no one is more of an expert than, you know, the person that is living in their space, yeah, right? Yeah, right? Like live, living in, in, in their, but in like, their reality. Based on what you do, it makes sense. Checks out. That you're absolutely, a Taurus. Absolutely um, checks out. Yeah. So I love Tauruses. Taurus men and I, <clears throat> we... Don't I, I don't think I've ever met a Taurus man. Oh, they're out there. I'm in a this relationship with one, and I want to murder him all the time. <laughs> but I love him a lot because it balance. That's fair. Yeah. That is fair. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. I have... A, all right. Yeah, so you're like well-versed in all of this, right? So For the most part, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm born on April 22nd, right? Which mm-hmm. is also Earth Day. Mm-hmm. My last name is Flores, also Flowers. Okay. Is there some type of correlation there, or am I like selling people on this story that's not even? I mean, it's not even accurate. If it I means something for you, it's not even accurate. Yeah, why not? Because yeah. it's like April showers bring May flowers, or is it March showers? No, it's April showers. No, you got bring it. May flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I just like don't be knowing no. sayings. <laughs> but fine. I think that I want to start the March showers thing. See if it catches. Maybe Pisces. You heard They'll it here take first. That shit. Tears, <laughs> but then they Pisces. would like salt the earth. I, I have Pisces in my chart. Yes, so, yeah. and my Venus is in Pisces, which just means that I'm a romantic ass bitch, which does not align with me being a bad bitch. Because I'm like, I can do anything, but like, let Andrew not get me flowers for something, and I'll be like, you don't love me. I got it. Yeah, you know what? I got to learn more about my chart and placements and all that oh, stuff. Oh, don't worry it's, about it. Oh, if you got we'll your birth whole... certificate, you know what time you were born, <laughs> yeah. we got you. I just found it. Which is terrifying. Well, I thought Nariba was going to ask to see your birth certificate. And I was like, oh. I was like, you know, we're diving in deep. I was like, here. if you want to whip it out right now, no. I will whip out my phone, pull no. up the calculator. No, no, no. Stars. Okay. okay. Well, oh my God. Okay. So I went to <laughs> the Adler Planetarium for the first time, like this week. It's free on Wednesdays. I did not know that. From 4 to 10 p.m., Adler at Dark. 
Um, but Shelly and I went, shout outs to her, and Hi, we were like doing one of the Skywatch things, and I'm like a little bit high because we had an edible <laughs> looking at the stars and they're like asking all these questions about space and I'm like yeah I got all the answers and then he was like okay and what about this star and this star like that is between the astrological constellations and I was like rising and moon and everyone was silent and the guy was like he didn't even say I was wrong he just continued on with the explanation of what it was and Rochelle just starts cackling and I was so grateful it was pitch blackness because I scurried out of there fast as fuck I was like mm, that was wrong but you tried but it. I tried I committed tried. to the try yeah, you tried that so. I just wanted him to feel like people were listening because no one was responding to him and he was like questions and it was like silence yeah, it's like a I'm classroom like, yeah and I'm yeah. like I want him to feel like he's right. like engaging with people right. and then when you randomly call on someone well you can't do that in the dark no idea yeah, yeah the <laughs> amount of anxiety <laughs> that just pulsed through my body at oh, being called oh, yeah. Um, yeah. in that type of setting Mm-hmm. Please don't do that to me. So on that note, <laughs> let's talk about your background. <laughs> let's look back. Yeah. At yeah. yesteryear. Um, so I'm Chicago born and raised. Uh, I grew up in Albany Park. Have you guys ever That's where I live there? now. Oh, that's right. We yes. talked about this. Yeah. Um, I love AP. Uh, I went to Lane Tech. I was a bit of a misfit in that I should not have graduated with my class. There's no way that I should have graduated. Just but you did sense. that, though. Um, in the sense that I was always behind. Like, this is a school that's arguably for gifted and really great students, and I just always felt behind. My brain did not keep up with the curriculum, okay. and I was one of those kids I was always in summer school. Um, and the only thing that clicked for me was cooking. That is... 100% throughout my entire childhood is something that I could do and do well. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated school, I was on track to do a traditional four, four year, you know, pursue a traditional four year degree. Right. And uh, I had this notion that I wanted to go to culinary school and I got my parents bought in. And that's a dream. Uh, well, that's the thing. My sisters were like, there's no way she's going to make money. There's no way she's going to be successful. <laughs> no. We shouldn't let her do this. She's going to throw her entire life away. So my parents were like, where are you going to live here? And you're going to go to college. You need to pursue uh, a degree that's actually going to bring you money. So I gave up on uh, going to culinary school. I ended up uh, on the nursing track. And six months in, I was like, this is not for me. There's no way I'm going to finish this. There's no way. Those are like a different breed of humans. Nursing school people. Yeah. Props to y'all. Yes. I could never. Salt of the earth people. I am not not in that league. And I knew it early on. I knew it as I was signing my life away, you know? Yeah. So I dropped out and I went into the workforce instead. And I found myself in restaurants. And there's no better place (laughs) for a misfit than the restaurants. Mm So I started working for... They got a choke on us. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a very particular breed of human yep so i started working at starbucks from starbucks i started waiting tables and i went up the management track wherever i was going and or wherever i was at the time and it's just something that clicked from my brain getting Mm -hmm. people to buy into whatever we were doing driving sales by creating a safe space for people um i was lucky that 
I didn't work in hostile environments when I started in the industry. You know, there's a lot of people that are like, I think you're good at this, so let's develop you. And because I got that sense, I was like, well, let me develop other people. Yes. That's exciting yeah. for me, you know? Yeah. Um, but as I started making the motions, I worked from <clears throat> James Americano, which I'm not even going to talk about that. Um, I worked for Giordano's B&B Hospitality, so Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh and then I realized when I was in the room and I was part of the management track, I was the only Latina. And, you know, these are places that employ upwards of 500 people. Yep. But I'm the only Latina manager. So what I realized is like, okay, I'm in the room. It's my job now to create a track and to create um, space space for other people. Mm-hmm. Which is one of my favorite things to do, right? Yes. I think my biggest claim to fame is finding bussers and turning them into servers and food runners and watching them build their wealth and go on to be homeowners and you know get married and be able to support their kids i think that's my my bread and butter but all that to be said i had the best job uh at the start of 2020 i was making six figures i was like man i proved my parents wrong you're like like, we late i was making money and to this day also very taurus energy yes wants to comfortably make money and prove everyone wrong man okay this gonna happen a lot i feel like i'm gonna walk away knowing more about myself than i ever did um you're just gonna be more aware of it Man. Moving forward. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to send you my birth time. Let's, <laughs> let's do this for real. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's 2020. I'm working the, this cush-ass job. And I'm so excited because, again, making good money, things are stable. I'm like, well, how can I plan for the future? What are the mm-hmm. next steps I'm going to take? And then the pandemic hits. Man, what a slap in the face. I was yeah. so ready for yeah. this new That's lifestyle. What, that, like, mm-hmm. hammer, hammer reality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It was like it was like sitting in the chamber, too. It's like you thought you thought you were going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and I got totally rocked. There was just, there was no way that I was going to find another yeah. job during that time. You know? Um, it was the vibe. Yeah, oh what a time. I can't believe we got yeah. through all of that together, you know? Which is absolutely Listen, insane. I mean, every time I I want to say we've gotten through it, I just open up my phone and it's like now we do have you to remember? Do you it'll be like here's a time hop of, yeah. of, of that. But time. also right yeah. now there's like sure. a new version of freaking strep that's coming back and it's killed like 12 kids in the UK already. So Wow. What is happening? I did not know what that. What is this? Re- yeah. And uh, yeah. this reality is dumb. I think the yeah. other thing, too, is, okay, we've seen recession after recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen, you know, tragedy throughout different uh, different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And here on, on, you know, in our homeland. Um, but I feel like this is the first time that something of this magnitude has happened alongside the power of social media. Yes. So every single minute of every single day, a new update or a new, um, uh, what is it? Uh, just like witnessing this through someone else's lens who is also doing worse than us because they have less resources mm-hmm. or they're in a part of the world where there's less uh, resources that are right. actually accessible. I think that's what took it to another level because there was no escaping it. Yeah. No, you know, well, even media media became. I mean, just again to your point with social media, instantaneous. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like every every single thing is an alert. It's a notification. It's yep. you know, so that becomes just 
its own firestorm. You're I like, mean, well, I was waiting for the fall of Twitter. I'm like, none of y'all bitches about to know anything <laughs> ever again. I was well, like, but it still hasn't happened yet. So, well, just think about it. Like, even even us three right now, like mm-hmm. each one of us produces content, whatever speed, whatever frequency it's at. Just us alone, we create a significant amount of content. Just multiply that by all the people in this room, all the yeah. people on this block, yeah. all the people in this neighborhood, and go on and so forth. This um, venue specifically. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. It's just like there's yeah. there is no escaping it, and I feel like the how they say the attention span of the human has only gotten yeah like even less mm-hmm. over time. So it's just more access and so much. So how do we get on this topic? Oh yeah. The pandemic. Yes. It's like, yeah, there's, like, there's no escaping it. There's no getting away from it, even for yeah. a moment. Um, but to take things back, so I, I lost my job. Mm-hmm. And um, our co-founder, my business partner, Brian Soto, he opened, an, or I'm sorry, he owns and operates an accountancy on the north side. And firsthand, he was seeing how business owners were like, I need to apply for loans and uh, other you know, government funding. I don't have my taxes in order. I don't have X. I don't have X. Yeah. And they were the ones that were getting turned down. And I'm like, damn, this this is real. These are people yeah. that have put their entire lives into their businesses and they're losing their business. Because PSA, PSA. Paperwork is real yeah. out here. There's no escaping it. Not not at all. And that's something that I have to constantly remind, remind myself. There was something that I was listening to last week, and there was there was a gentleman that had mentioned, he's just like, why does everything have to be Caucasian paperwork? And I was like, you know what? I feel that. <laughs> However, the fact of the matter is, it's just like, you can say anything that you want, yeah. but what becomes validating is when you can prove it on paper. Right. And, yes. and that is where... That's where I feel like a lot of people suffer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because it's taxing. And don't even get me started on taxes. But (laughs) it's taxing to do anything with with paperwork. It's just like when I think about it, I just want to go to bed. Well, here's the thing. I literally want to go to bed. There are business owners that got by, you know, cash-only business or word of mouth or, you know, taking payments through Venmo or whatever it was. Mm But then the pandemic hits. And the IRS is coming for for Venmo. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Right. Like, get a hobby. Right. Fine. But they're <laughs> right. like, this is our hobby now. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's the thing. Now people are like, okay, well, I see this funding is open through the city. How do I apply for it? Well, do you have this in order? What's this checklist look like for you? Do you have any of these things? And that's a tough thing. It's like, okay. So... Brian started realizing very quickly that people couldn't get access to capital. So he self-funded our first round of grants. He took money out of his own pocket and said, well, let me create these grants and see if people respond. And sure enough, they did. We had a nice, um, we created a legitimate application with eligibility and requirements. And even then, even if you don't meet the requirements, go ahead and apply anyway. And what we realized, it's like, okay, the need is there. We know where this capital would go if we had our hands on some. Mm -hmm. And... Then George Floyd happened, mm-hmm. and we started seeing some of the um, unrest that was here in the city, and a lot of small businesses ended up getting, you know, ransacked and vandalized. So we created a post online, and we said, you know, if your business has been vandalized, you need help cleaning up or boarding up. Just send us a message. And we did not think anything was going to come from it. And sure enough, we had um, over 200 volunteers show up oh, in like this oh. tiny church p- parking lot. People brought their own stuff, brooms and bags and you know rubbermaid gloves and we went out into the neighborhoods and started cleaning up some of the, of the vandalization and then from there we're like okay 
well, what, what are, what's that next level of need? And business owners were like, I need groceries. I need access to, um, what is just like really, really basic needs. So we created a dispensa or I'm trying to think of this word in English. Mm -hmm. It's like where you could pick up food, hot meals and household essential items. It's like, like a, a, it's like a local pantry. Yeah, yes. like a local pantry yes. or a community kitchen. This is going to happen a lot. I know the word in Spanish, but I computing in English is out the you window. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> there are some words that I still can't say the American version of because it's just the Trinidad version of it living in my head. Oh, yeah. So you're safe space. Yeah, all there. Yeah, you're good. Um, so then we were getting groceries out three times a week, hot meals five times a week. And then with that little bit of visibility, a funder came to us and said, hey, if you needed to get grants out to more businesses, could could you do that? And we're like, fucking yes, yeah. absolutely. Look at all these people that applied. Like, we know exactly where yes. it should go. Mm-hmm. And that's how we, oh my God. You're gonna uh, and we're like, that's how, that's how we got started. Um, I, I think in that time, it was just about figuring out what the needs were and addressing the needs as they came. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Dish Relay Kitchen was born. So now it's been a couple years. See, I love an origin story. So uh, cheers. 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 And Nariba hates hates (laughs) when I say it. But uh, cheers. Oh, my God. (laughs) Two times in a row. But not on this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, My God, this is so good. This is fire. Uh, Shout out to the crew at Garnet, Ryan and Tati for literally Mm. just like killing killing this that's crazy this beverage features ritual tequila alternative coming to us from our friends at ritual zero proof and this seasonal tequila cosmo features mold cranberry juice and an orange saffron oleo yes so come through oleo and come through a tequila alternative cosmopolitan oh my god this is super delicious Mm mm-hmm I'm and I'm that. loving this, like... The spice on it is great. Yeah. And this very festive, like, orange corkscrew. It's, uh... I saw them, like... Detailed. Detailed. Pinning we them love down on the bar spoon, and I was like, oh, noted. <laughs> yeah, I'm you're, fancy. Yes, see, mm. you're, you're taking some some of their, their notes into your reality. I mean, now. I feel like I got ahead of myself because <laughs> we were naming cocktails, and they were asking my opinion about like what to name some of these drinks, and I was like, "How can I make this as gay as possible?" So, I, there's like one named Montero. There's one called <laughs> oh, Dragon. Cool. No, I think spilled tea. I was yeah. just like, "Oh wow!" I need these people to know that I am gay all the time, all the time. I mean, yeah, we're in it, so you know, it's it's all good. <laughs> you know, so. In my like deep dive of yeah. what you do for work, I saw. <laughs> what is, I, why did I, I want to know more? Yeah, I was like, why did it sound? I like don't that? know. Okay. I feel like whenever I'm like doing research, I just feel creepy. Like oh, I'm I like minding it. someone. I'm not going your business. <laughs> cool, you know? Matiche. But like, <laughs> what do you? What? How do you think? And I know you just explained like all the steps that took you to get there, but like emotionally, what was it like taking the leap from doing this for other people to doing it for yourself for other people? Ooh, 
Um, Boom. I think, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> hey, yeah. The, 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 the lead up to the question was appropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was right on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the natural progression of things, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I'm a firm believer that you can't pour from an empty cup, right? <gasps> so. You just stole my whole right? heart. Yeah. So that as part. this process was happening, I felt myself oftentimes depleted at the end of the day mm-hmm. because you can only do so much as one person. Um, but I think that's the biggest takeaway. You have to recognize what your limits are as a human being and recognize what your strengths are because in the beginning you're going to wear all the hats, right? Yes. Um, but recognize like I need this and this and this and I need a person who can do those things because that is everything that I'm not. And I think that's important in anyone's uh, progression or development as a human being mm-hmm. is recognizing all the things that you are and finding the person that can fill that void. You know? Agreed. So, yeah, I, I could talk about I could talk about that a lot because it, it was I mean, a difficult process. Yeah, know? no, I would say that. Yeah. Well, this because this this self awareness uh, sounds like it's key, really, because as as ideas and businesses and you know incubators and just countless things grow, the goal should always be to empower those that want to elevate alongside you. Mm-hmm. So so therefore it's just like yes you wear many many hats, but there are also people that are interested in learning x y and z yep. to support the greater the greater mission. Yeah. When you say that one person comes to mind his name is Oswaldo Becerra. He is 18 years old. Mm. And I met him maybe four years ago, five years ago. This is a kid that was sun up to sundown was doing something, whether it was a toy drive or a food drive or collecting coats or whatever it was. Yeah. And he just wanted to learn and be in the spaces so he could learn. And now he's like a freshman at Columbia and he's doing all this amazing work um, for a grassroots organization on the South side. He works with, um, a lot of name brands and does partnerships. And this is all education that he's gotten from being in the room with people that were willing to teach him. Yes. So I couldn't be more proud of him, but there's so many kids like that. There's so many community activists that are like that, that have an idea and they're just looking for the mentorship or yes. the right. community to be able to foster the things yeah. that they already have within them. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that, unfortunately, um, is kind of, you know, kind of sidestepped or ultimately derailed, right, by that of gatekeeping because people feel yeah. as if, like, you know, if I have this brand relationship, it is only my brand oh relationship. My God. And but, I mean, that comes from a lack of confidence. But it's in even my more than that. Yeah. I think it's also like when you grow up in a certain community, you're expected to stay there and give back to it. But what mm. people don't always understand is that you have to acquire resources outside of that community and try to bring it back. Because what you're lacking there, you can build for yourself, but you can't do it if you don't learn different ways of doing it. Or from different people or from with different, different people. perspectives. Exactly. Yep. It's like not just like what you and your family has always done. It's what's best for everyone in your community. And, mm. like, if you have the ability to learn something and teach it to the people around you, you can do that. You should be doing that. But that's not very often 
what happens. Right. Well, and that also brings me to to my next my next point. Ultimately, my my question is. How did you get your community to like essentially rally around what what you're doing? Because obviously mm-hmm. it's a community resource, but also yeah. it it needs to be cared for by the community at large as well. Yeah, number one, that was the most beautiful thing you've ever said. Mm-hmm. That was as a collection. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful mm-hmm. and accurate. Um, but it comes down to trust, right? Just minorities, people of color, just historically, we yeah. don't trust anybody. Yeah. Right. And facts on facts. much less, you know, city programs and government funding and all these resources that are sitting here in this like uh, land of opportunity where people think just anybody can apply and just mm-hmm. anybody. But no, there's so much red tape around stuff. Yes. Like even deciphering jargon is not an easy thing. Um, but when it comes down to it, I think it comes down to how genuine we are as people Mm -hmm. and our doors are literally open for people to come with operational needs and questions and we'll never turn anybody away we'll never say well that's just an idea that you have or your business isn't even successful or you're cash only or whatever any of these things that you know any regular government or um city funded program would be like you don't meet all of these check marks and i think that's how we get people to buy in is when you spend time with us you realize I don't need anything from you at the end yeah. of the day. I'm literally here to serve you because I've worked for mm. big brands. I've worked for, you know, these companies that are scaled out. If you get a, you know, vanilla latte in New York and you get one from Starbucks that's all, or, you know, a location in California, they're exactly the same. Yeah. And all that goes back to systems and processes, right? Like I work for these companies. Let me take the sauce that I know and teach you how to apply that to your business. And once people are walking away with, I know that's right. The sauce. Know, <laughs> sauce. No <laughs> juice here. No, right? it's sauce all day. Oh. We're doing a little bit better financially. I'm able mm-hmm. to hire someone else. I'm getting ready to scale my business. Those are the markers. Like I wouldn't lead you wrong. We wouldn't as it collectively as a team, we wouldn't lead you wrong, but it's also that like, you were saying before we all come from different backgrounds we're all different people so all of our perspective is different and it's a unique application to people that you know decide to trust us but when they walk away with results that word of mouth is what gets other people to continue yeah. buying into Hell what yeah. we do and is that also mirrored in your ability to access capital as well uh, because yeah. i mean just the numbers that i have come across um during our research are phenomenal yeah. and you know that's like round round of applause <laughs> yes. to, to you, you and and everyone that that you work with because that is is astounding so obviously there's an element of trust there yeah. when it comes to brands and causes that are looking to make sure that their dollars are actually enacting something mm-hmm. as opposed to just optically because they're looking to integrate deeper. Right. So can you talk to us a little bit about what the fundraising process looks like yeah. with, with yeah, brands? Yeah, totally. It fucking sucks. And I'll <laughs> tell you why. Thank you. Let That's, me tell yeah. you why. Because it's yeah. the nonprofit space is extremely competitive. Everyone is going right. after the same grants and the same mm-hmm. funding opportunities. And every cause is important. Whatever, you know, whatever lens they're looking at it through. Yeah whatever impact they're trying to have, it's still valuable. So how do you say you're in the healthcare space, I'm in the um, you know small business space, you're more important, ours is more important when they're literally pieces of the same thing that you know create strong communities. Yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, difficult to, to say the least. Um, I feel very, very fortunate because we have 
one of the best DEI champions in the world. His name is Hector Pardo. He does all of our grant applications. He does all of our reporting. He works very closely with the with the city or whatever agency is giving us the funds to make sure that we're hitting all the check marks that we need to as a nonprofit. Um, Brian Soto is our CPA. So again, making sure that we're using the funds for what we say we're going to use them for right. and being extremely transparent in that, which I think as an organization makes us very unique. You know, mm-hmm. our books are wide open for anyone to be like, okay, where's this money actually going? Right. Um, Sandy Wynn, who is a uh, lawyer and just a champion for humans. Um, everything she touches is gold. Yeah. Everything she does is with heart and intention. Um, Estelle awesome. Lozano, who has worked for some major brands and uh, she's a brand strategist. So it's everyone taking the things that they're good at and applying it into the space that I makes it possible like, for us to find funding. I feel or, creepy because you're like saying all these people's names. And I'm like, I scoured the website. I read all the deets. <laughs> I'm like, that name sounds familiar because I was doing research. Hey, due diligence, baby. Yes. Yeah. That's it at the end of the day. I love a, a well-researched person. That's yes. exactly right. Yes. Like, not just rolling up in here and being like, well. <laughs> Sometimes well, I feel like that even with the research because I'm like, do I know this? And then we start talking and I'm like, it's like when you're on Instagram and you like someone's pictures a lot. But you've never seen them in real life, and then you meet them in real life, and you're like, oh, don't say too much. <laughs> That's what it feels like sometimes. It's fair. I mean- well, yeah, I was like, that's so But that's real. the thing. Like, these are these are all real people. And yeah, we create a website. We put all of their, their details out there. Because um, you want the community to trust yeah. in the resources that you have available there. Yeah, and that we're not just saying that we know what we're talking about, but collectively, we kind of know what we're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I have the strongest restaurant background, but Brian works with small business all day, every day. So he understands what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And then all the facets of industry that form, you know, this um, need within small business, there's just multiple touch points. And I feel like every single person that's on our team is able to do the lifting on the thing that they do well. And, I, yes. and that goes back to what I was saying before, like get you a team where people do what you can't do. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like a group project where everyone actually showed up and actually did all of their parts. This is the ultimate group project. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone fucking shows up every single day. I'm yeah, very lucky and blessed in that sense because everyone is all the things that I'm not. I miss them. (laughs) (laughs) I see them all day, every day. I was about to be like, you see them tomorrow. I was like, I I love that. So... Because, you know, we've touched upon um, fundraising and, you know, access to capital. I've, I'm really interested in kind of diving it deep, deep, uh, a bit deeper in regards to that. Yeah. So overall, like equity in in those funds, right? Because it's one it's one thing to be able to access them, but it's another thing to be able to make sure that it goes in the right places. Right. How does that work and how does that because I'm sure it's a it's a struggle, right? Because you brought up a brilliant example between, you know, hospitality and then like nurses and like, you know, just like grant writing, like in, in general, because I mean, you do have to make some tough decisions, yeah. I would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Absolutely. Like, is based on, you know, creeping, it's like <laughs> researching, you're, not, researching. you're not trying to tell people what they can and cannot do. Correct. Yes. So it's like I guess the question is like, what 
what is the determining factor for whether or not you actually engage with a pre-existing entity? Um, I would say that there's no determining factor uh, and that there's no, for example, we work with creators that were working for somebody else at the start of the pandemic and now have created their own businesses and have scaled those businesses. Mm, um, spicy. What is it? Uh, Oscar Samayoa from Billeta Tatacos, <gasps> Sam Zeitlin from... You mean this? Yes, yes. You yes. see what I'm saying? Okay, here's yes. the perfect thing. <laughs> Cannot wait. Really quickly, <laughs> when this episode drops, oh, wow. we will have already Another met one? him. Yes. But well, I have I mean, not, well, I have not met him. But I'm very excited to He meet started him. following me on Instagram three days ago, <laughs> and I almost took a screenshot Same. of it. Same. <laughs> I was like, yes. I've been like traveling my ass to big kids whenever there's a pop-up to yeah. like right. get shit. Last time I was there, I got, thank you, I got the um, Birria Ramen. I felt uncomfortable because oh I was so full. <laughs> you know what's interesting so about him? Okay, so... Prior to the pandemic, I had never met him, heard of him, seen him, nothing. No, none of the same like circles or anything like that. Yeah. And then I figured out or I realized what he was doing. And immediately I, I called him. I was like, hey, have you heard of our organization? And sure enough, this man was reluctant. He's like, what yes. do you mean you want to give us money? Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like what, 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 his main thing was, well, what's the catch? My mm-hmm. biggest takeaway there is that we ended up talking for two hours the first time that I reached out to him. And it was a cold call. You know, I got his number somewhere and I just called yeah. him. Um, I like and that now he's one of somewhere. my best friends and one of the people that I like rely on the most. If I'm uh-huh. ever in a jam, he's the person I call. I needed our knives at the restaurant development center sharpened mm-hmm. one day. Sure enough, this man showed up and just uh, started sharpening knives yeah. on his own block. Uh, yep. Love um, it. Love it. But my point is, we help everyone that we can, right? Mm-hmm. This is why you know we need the support from big brands, government agencies, because we literally know where the people uh, who are in need, where they are, yes, and what their needs are, you know. And everybody's going to be different because they're in different phases within their business. Um, we have different programming that addresses those needs, but ultimately it comes down to capital. People need money for rent, utilities, payroll. Mm-hmm. That's just the basic stuff. Absolutely. Not even to just like, regular shit. Just really yeah. like base the the yeah. most basic part of the business. Not even yeah. to develop, you know, the next series of recipes or you know your food and beverage program or marketing or you know creating new digital assets to market the business. Right. It's rent, utilities, yeah. payroll. They're using the money we give them for the most basic shit. Yeah. Well, um, watching watching one of your videos on on YouTube, there is something that man, you did a deep dive. Deep dive, okay? With the YouTube, I was like, if there's a video to watch, I will watch that shit. Oh my god! And so, Oscar really really stood stood out to me because he had mentioned like a CPA, right? It's just like I'd be in a lot of debt. I would, you know, owe a lot of taxes. And then there was the break. It's just like, Oscar is not in a lot of trouble, actually. (laughs) He's doing just fine. (laughs) And I was like, sick. Yeah, well, that's the thing, you know. Um, He's now able to grow and create different revenue streams Mm -hmm. for his business, which is what we've seen. And he's really great at social media. He's really great at He's so good at social media. It's annoying. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know. So are you, too, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. actually. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to touch a 
upon that um, a, a little bit later because I got two things I want to ask oh you about. Oh, my God. Uh, that I <laughs> cannot wait because I'm obsessed with both of those people that uh, mm-hmm. you have collabed with. So, yeah, go on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is my point. You know, he was working for somebody else at the start of the pandemic. Now, you know, he's grown into almost like a, a tastemaker here in Chicago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other business owners that we're working with that have now secured their brick and mortar after two years of hard work and pop-ups and street vending and stuff like that. And I think the 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 biggest, the the most heartwarming story. Um, are you guys familiar with Ruby's? Do you guys know anything yes. about Ruby's? Okay. Yes. So here's this is the the Landa family. Um, incredible people. They were street vendors for 25 plus years at Maxwell Street, and we met them at the you know the startup pandemic. We gave them you know a grant, and then I try this food maybe for the second time, and I realize like this is good. Why are you guys only open one day a week? And they were selling out of their house, mind mm-hmm. you. So we built a restaurant development center. Um, we have a growth program where it's basically we treat the restaurant like um, an interactive classroom. You know, you come in, you sell. We teach you diverse revenue streams. We create um, a curriculum that's tailor-made for you and that you're facing the business. So they went from selling one day a week in Maxwell Street to now selling four days a week. They were recently featured on Netflix's Taco Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we're going to talk about and that they too. And they yeah. have just taken off. Yeah. They have taken off. All the systems that they built was in preparation of this, right? They went from handwriting their tickets, cash only, to cloud-based ordering systems, POS. Yes. Um, full catering, takeout, delivery. And they're their own engine. You know, we give them the runway. We give them the education. But they're one hundred percent family fueled, mm-hmm. and I think that's that. That for me is the best fucking part, because um, we're watching their growth, and that's yep. generational wealth. That yeah. is generational Absolutely. wealth. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that warms my soul, and I've been I waiting for you to segue like into this. I bitch. feel like what's gonna happen? I love a tea. <laughs> yes, it is the perfect, perfect segue to mention the next. Offering from Wait, Garnet. Can I guess yes. what the flavor? Can I tell you what I think it tastes okay. like before you read it? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. So it's. I'm not reading anything. It's off the top. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know. Stop so lying to these people. So you know, it's coming right off the top. All right. There we so go. There's like a savoriness to this. Am it's I like giving me sesame, a okay. little bit of like something chocolatey, or in the like mm-hmm. chocolate regions okay. of my brain. Okay. I get a brown rice kind of deal. Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. That part. Well. Is it a toasted rice? Well. Okay. <laughs> it is featuring. The whiskey alternative from Ritual Zero Proof, and we call it the Hot Hoji, which is an Asian-inspired hot toddy with hojicha tea, vinegar, honey, and it's garnished with toasted sesame oil and dehydrated yes, lemon. Yes. <laughs> yes, and it is absolutely wonderful. Yes, uh, thank yeah. you. I like hot this things. Up. Yeah. Ryan and Tati. You can't we're, fight them. Right. Ryan and Tati. Thank y'all. <laughs> so uh, often. Yeah. So good. And this is a nice addition it's to the tea that we might be spilling. Tea. So, oh. Nice. So I want to talk about what potential um, 
brands could be doing better to support work like this? Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> great. Um, at the end of the day, it comes down to... When I look at brand partnerships or the digital assets that I create, I'm like, I know that was expensive. <laughs> I know that y'all spent at least $5,000 to get your crew out there, the editing process, the, you know, all the, just the logistical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ubers, the lunches, the whatever to, you know, complete the full day and make it well rounded out. And in my head, y'all could have just use that $5,000 to fund, you know, five grants for five restaurants. That's more impactful, you know, but we have, it, it all goes with stuff, right? There's right. got to be a proof that this work is, right. or the money's going to the right place. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes down to it, this is what's tough, right? Because I think at DRK, we work really hard to market ourselves. Like we're, we keep everything in house, we're bootstrap. But there are other organizations that are doing phenomenal things. Mm. They're not that great at marketing themselves. So are they going to get the same shot? No. Do we rely heavily on our network to get some of these opportunities? Absolutely. And then I think that's that's the hard part. That's what keeps us on opposite sides of the spectrum. Mm. Right. Um, I think it's it comes down to not gatekeeping. Right. Like for us, we've been approached by uh, a large brand recently. And they said, hey, could you use this money? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. What did yeah. they want? <laughs> but what do you want from me? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and ultimately, we ended up walking away because it was, that's a whole lot of stuff for $1,000. And mm-hmm. if we look at the time versus money, mm-hmm. like just very, very basic. Yeah. I could do a lot more with my team's time. Mm-hmm. In the 30 hours of work that you're asking me to do for a fucking thousand dollars. Right. You know, like, and I'm not going to turn my nose up at that because ultimately that could be a grant for someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's time away from our purpose. And honestly, we do the majority of our work in spending time with people right. in their businesses, yeah. opening up the, the development center yeah. for them to come and visit us. Yeah, because Andy, I mean, like- it's. Go ahead. I was going to say, and you like built your model around like not having a lot of red tape in between the money that you have for the community and the community itself. Right. And if right. they're coming in with the structure of you have to jump through hoops to get this money, that we're going to benefit from the fact that you're now doing this with our money, like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. I don't understand why people have to be so difficult. Yo, we've gotten grants <laughs> before where it's like, you need to spend this much and then we'll give it back to you. Like, mm, you need yeah. to spend $25,000 and then we'll just repay you. And I'm like, but I don't have $25,000 to spend. Yeah. What are you talking mm, about? Right, right. You know, so yeah. like, the, and, and, and I appreciate you saying what you said, because when people come in, they're like, well, what do I have to do? Like, look, man, I'm, I don't want you to have to do anything extra. You're already mm. living it every day. What I'm asking you to do is just think about it differently, yeah. you know? And if this gets you from one week to the next at that at that point it's just survival right yes but if it's come time comes down to growing the business and scaling the business you know i'm giving you this is this is all free it's up to you what you decide to do with it true and that's a that's a difference well and then also it's not a your organization isn't just a financial resource it's also you know, you focus on curriculum building yeah. like that. That's significant mm-hmm. in and of itself. Yeah. If you want to touch upon that as well. Yeah, we have um, three mainline programs, the DRK 1K campaign. It's a thousand dollars rent utility, uh, rent utilities payroll. That's the introduction into our organization. Get into the database, get into um, what is it? Um, our email list, 
It's just a way for you to meet us first and then, you know, get a little bit of relief. We have the growth program, which is an interactive classroom. We're open uh, Monday through Wednesday for office hours. So people come in to ask their operational with, you know, their operational needs and questions. And they have access to CPA, operations, legal, marketing. This is all open to them. Thursday through Sunday, we're open to the public as Ruby's. So it's the interactive classroom. Yes. So Ruby's is building, um, you know, their generational wealth, and they have the opportunity to do that within those business hours. But we have this space that's open for other creators to come in, work on their formulation, work on, you know, bottling their pro- uh, their products, and that's our market program. Mm-hmm. So how do you take something that you're already making, whether it's salsa or tea or whatever, and how do you bottle it and get it market ready? So think your skew, your nutritional facts, um, ingredients list, and how do you get something that you're already making every day into a Cermak or a Mariano's or, you know, a Jewel Osco and create that additional revenue stream for yourself. And sometimes that can feel like a significant mountain to climb. Yeah. 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 Because think about it like this. I know you have a really great idea that you're sitting on and it's like, who do I go to to help me scale this or make it a profitable, um, uh, a profitable revenue stream for me mm-hmm. and that's what we do is we'll sit down with you and be like okay these are all the things you need to do this is x we need to spend let's bootstrap it let's save money let's apply for this grant let's help you get um you know whatever resources we can get collectively for you we're never going to tell you to take out a loan i think that's one of the most daunting yes. and scary things that you could tell you know, undoc- undocumented so women, people of color. Like, you could just like take no out a fifty thousand yeah, dollar loan. No. You're tripping. <laughs> yeah. No, because no. you're they're all you're already in the hole. So bootstrapping is using the resources that you already have around you, um, and then learning the direct tie between the finances and the operations. So going in, you have an idea of how much it costs, mm. and then you have a better understanding of what you need to do to be able to support that part of your business. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I literally, got, yeah, <laughs> my job, yeah. I was like, I don't, like, how do I, it's Nimi, but go ahead. I don't like, even know how to follow, follow it, yeah. I don't know, I think if people understood how to use the resources that they have already, or, like, if people understood the resources they had already, I think a lot more people would find starting and having your own business a lot less daunting but because everything is made so difficult to acquire and maintain and people don't have like the education to do it we see a lot of them die out faster than they grew and and they're still in the hole after that yeah and what you're trying to do is have them have the fundamentals before they even make the financial commitment Fucking yes, yes you know? that is it. If I could yeah. put that on our website, just to just understand the fucking fundamentals first before you open a business, which is so like, yeah, it, yeah it's uh, aggressive, but yeah, everything costs something. You should understand the cost of every part of your business, mm-hmm. and this includes your labor. Just think about, okay, I paid fourteen dollars the other day for like a turkey sandwich, and. And I was like, yeah, this this is not $14 because there's labor that goes into it. Mm-hmm. All of the ingredients, the food costs, mm-hmm. plus the utilities, just the payroll. Yeah. The, all of this goes and should go into the cost of the sandwich. And we're watching 
uh, what is it, inflation drive up prices everywhere. But the you know consumers as a whole are like, oh well, I don't want to pay that much. If it costs you more mm-hmm. for gas, transportation, listen, why <laughs> the fuck would food be exempt from that? And why on earth would you look at a small business owner and look at them like they're crazy for charging more when literally it's every fucking- other facet of industry has driven their prices up? Like this, okay. I think about this all the fucking time because when I was doing food cost (laughs) in restaurants and trying to like price out a dish and I know that it should be $35 for this dish and someone looks me in the eye and says, we cannot charge $35 for a pasta dish. I'm it like, you want me to put caviar Mm-hmm. Mushrooms. Mm-hmm. We have to get seaweed in for garnish and for the stock because mm-hmm. you wanted this thing that I made for a special occasion to be on the menu permanently. And I cannot charge $35. How are we going to afford all of the fucking line cooks that come in here and do the prep That's right. along with me? How are we supposed to run all these services and not pay them more money? Than what they should be making. It's just like the financial stability of people who don't understand how money works and how labor works. Like they, it's not for free. We're not showing up doing this Oompa Loompa style. Right. You know, we're just happy to be here. No. Right. Okay. Ruby's (laughs) has a taco that is literally double the meat of any other taco on the block. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a handmade tortilla. Hand-cut meats. Every, everything is handmade that goes on this thing. And they're charging $5. Around the corner, it's four seventy-five for 30% less. And every week, someone's coming into the reviews and saying, yo, $5 taco, that's a lot. If you go to an Italian restaurant, right, and you get a plate of pasta, mm-hmm. it's dough and meat. This taco is also dough and meat. Yeah. Yes. Right? So, yeah. different vessel, and different flavor profile. But y'all won't turn up your nose at $22, $26 for a plate of pasta. Not at all. And that's a cultural thing. Exactly. Yeah. And y'all are turning your nose up at $5. But look at the size of this thing, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's crazy the state that we're in. But we were in this type of state even before the pandemic. Oh, It's sure. always been this, like, straddling this line between do I want to pay that and do I not? It's right. like, I think the other say, thing is, too, that a lot of people think that ethnic foods should be less money. Oh, They're yeah. like, to make well, this at home, that's not it's white cheaper. Be cheap. yeah. They're like, it's cheap to make this at home, so like, we'll fucking make it at home It's then. also right. cheaper for you to make a ribeye at home. Exactly. Like, right. By definition. Exactly. Yes. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's, they just don't want to pay for the labor. They no. just want to pay what they would pay for it if they did it themselves. Here's the thing people of color were really good at taking cheap cuts of meat and making them damn good, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And for you to walk away and say, well, this is, uh, what is it? This is beef filet or this is flank steak or whatever. Why are you charging so much for it? I'm like, is it good or is it not? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because I've had a cut of meat, you know, on this block. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I see we're cooking seasonally still. Like, this is great. But I've right. also had a stewed piece of meat from Cafe Marcela's in Humble Park. Mm-hmm. De- definitely cook low and slow at six dollars a sandwich, seven dollars a sandwich. So, yes. right. oh, and this is something that I wanted to mention mention earlier, but it really feels like the work that you're doing is very much driven by like heritage, 
You know, it's just like, and I think that there's such a beauty in, in that because you had already mentioned how no, nobody turns, turn, turns up their nose at, um, you know, Italian cuisine, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, because again, black and brown people, their cuisine is always seen as less than it's the cheapest option Mm -hmm. or it should be the cheapest option but it's more intensive in regards to flavoring service the overall experience of it because it's a part of their culture yeah you know and that and that is what people need to understand that they're investing in when they are supporting businesses such as this the preservation of culture through business ownership is so important so i'm from guatemala and there's a, a handful. Sorry. No, I love it. I love your sound effects. There's a handful of um, Guatemalan eateries in Albany Park and on the north side. If they didn't exist, I there would be no way for me to get or be able to access that piece of my culture. Mm. Right. Because, you know, my mom lives in Guatemala part time, so she's back and forth. And if she's not cooking for me, no one is. <laughs> like, I'm cooking it myself. Yeah. Um, but that's what allows you to connect with that piece of you. Because I was born here, but you know, when I go back there, what brings us all together, regardless of where I was born or my cousins or who are actually living in the culture every day, is food. It's the great connector of people. Yeah. So like Oscar, who's also Guatemalan, before I even met him and um or met him or like actually spent time with him when I tried his food, I was like, this is undeniably Guatemala. <laughs> They're just like how we built this flavor is so important and unique to our culture. And if that familiar, uh, it was so beautiful because it felt so familiar, even though it was the first time. And I feel like that's anyone anywhere, right? Yeah. You have a, a, a bite or something that takes you back to a time or a place or it connects you to a person that's no longer here, right. but it's food. I almost wore my Chapin like oh, sweatshirt cute. that Rochelle made me, and cute. I was like listening to her and Oscar talk about it, and I was just like, the way that she lights up when she's like talking to someone that's familiar with like her heritage and like what that means culturally and stuff. It's like I'm grateful that there's so m- many people from my family here in the States that when I go home, we can like create that sense for ourselves. But like, there's not a lot of that prevalent here in Chicago for you, the way that like I can secure it with my family. Right. They're, they're pockets of it. Right. And that's why we connect with creators or people that are creating businesses that Mm -hmm. take you back to that place. Mm -hmm. Rochelle's pronouns are she, She, her. her. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't know her. Right. Mm -hmm. But I know of her business and I've seen all of her products and I'm just like, man, like I can't wait to have yeah. her. Yes. Yeah. Um, cause there's this sense of pride. I'm like the second I get in a room with her, we're talking about all this stuff that nobody she's understands. Gonna but she's, gonna, she's, gonna, she's gonna be here later today. Oh, yeah. oh that's so cool. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna like <laughs> wait so I can meet her. Like yeah, this mythical human. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, but that's my point, you know, that's the importance of diverse entrepreneurs within the small business space. It's not only answering um, a need, like a, a personal need or an emotional tie to food, um, but it's also creating resources, jobs circulating mm-hmm. within the economy, shaping a community identity, keeping taxes close. Um, yeah, there's so much importance to, to and significance to small business. If you guys are looking at what's happening in Englewood right now, they open a Whole Foods maybe like six years ago. Uh, and closed it. 
sorry. Yeah, I remember this. Closed I know it. what's happening. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yep. And and it was supposed to sit at the center of this reimagined business corridor or business like incubator, and then it closed. So right back we're going to depending on small businesses to answer the need for food scarcity. Because even these big companies are quick to give up. Yep. You yep. know what I'm saying? That's that's they the just write thing. that shit off. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just so like, like oh, oh, on to oh. the next. Yep. But small businesses open doors creating resources, creating yeah. jobs, circular uh, yeah. within the economy. Like I can go on yeah. and on. Well, that reminds me of something that um, I've spoken to my father about ex- extensively <laughs> because, you know, I'm, I'm like look, looking at all the things and being like, you know, like, am I framing it this way? Uh, like, what do you think about like this a- additional framing? And he's like, you know, the thing that we were never taught because my father's in business he's just like when you when you feel like you have failed you're supposed to give up but he's like these companies out here they they run with a whole different language oh yeah so and this was years ago he's like justin if you want to create something that is sustainable you have to you have to be anchored in what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. but then also learn that language yes. as well. And I mean, that's a that's a very very challenging thing because all of that shit is gate kept yes. uh, completely. And so, thankfully, I've had access to resources, but then I've also been able to learn the appropriate questions to ask. Yeah, because I mean, just. You know, being a black queer man, I mean, and a tall one, and a tall yeah, like the, for y'all you're just here. like yes, exactly. All you eyes know. on you, baby. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 tree to climb is real. Oh my so, god. Oh my yes. Um, but but no, and I feel like all of that is interlaced with this topic of heritage, right? Because we all want sustainability for ourselves, our communities, and, you know, most importantly, our culture. Um, And, yeah, I just think that, I think that it's really beautiful to always be able to come back to food to remind us of that. Always. Yeah, for sure. Also, like, I think food sits on this intersection of, like, uh, yes, beauty and structure and resiliency because this recipe had to go all the way down all to the, the rabbit the, hole yes. to still exist within mm-hmm. our like all book the of way recipes. down the river you know well I made it all the way down the river <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're referring to but we're not gonna bring that, okay. <laughs> bring that up but my ancestors said paddle bitch <laughs> Um, but no, I, I get that. I like, my mom has this one fried bake recipe and there is no written recipe for it. Mm -hmm. And I have tried writing it down Mm -hmm. so many times and it has passed from her great, like as far back as we know, her third great grandmother Mm -hmm. down to her great then her grand, then her mom, then to her, and now to me and my nephew. And we're like desperately trying to figure out how to hold on to this. Right. And I have it written down because I forced her to put everything inside of a bowl on a scale. Uh-huh. And I took notes. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like 
there's a way in communicating and just like talking about it that stays in your brain more than like if you had it written down somewhere. I think the value of it is also in the storytelling of like these recipes and where they came from. Yeah. Like carrots, like carrot rice, very popular in Venezuela, somehow came over to Trinidad. And when I'm eating it, the first time I made it and I gave it to Rochelle, she was like, we have something like this. <laughs> In Gu- and it's just like that's what I'm talking about. Like everything yeah. is a journey of like what we had available and what we could do with it. Right. Interestingly and, enough, yeah. And there's value in in that. Yeah. But, the food you know. diaspora is so wild because in Guatemala we have a, a very precise concentration of Chinese people. So there is. Uh, Guatemalan chow mein. Trinidad too. Yes, yes. Fucking wild. Because do y'all put ketchup on yours? Because we put ketchup on ours. Which is like Mm -hmm. trying to explain that to someone else. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm like, no, I'm not making it up. This is real. Like stew chickens and stuff like that in Trinidad. Ketchup and mustard. And people are like, why? And it's like, these are the things that were available. Like, tomato paste? I don't think I saw a single bit of tomato paste (laughs) growing up in Trinidad. Everything is ketchup, which is made with 80% pumpkin, bitches. (laughs) (laughs) That shit is sweet as fuck, and I love it. A lot of of our dishes in Guatemala are based off of recados, which are what? Pumpkin seeds, um, sesame seeds, the things that you have on hand, right? And just like... uh, I'm not going to talk about anybody else's culture because I'm not familiar enough. But I will say that in all my conversations with other people, this is a theme that echoes throughout like all of our experiences with food is how someone else's culture has trickled or found its way into ours and how we still carry that, mm-hmm, you know. Right. And if we don't take care of small businesses, then we lose that tradition. We lose that. Um, uh, what is it? That connection to our past. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, still very important and wildly valid. Uh, we have talked about quite quite a few things, and as we kind of come come as we're coming up on time, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. sorry I'm sorry. <laughs> um, one thing that that I would like your your feedback on is something that we have talked about in the past the integrity of need right so like we sat down um, in season one um, with Grocery Run Club and they shout out yes mm-hmm. absolutely Always. shout out all Jorge. day yes um, <clears throat> this again will be dropping in the future but we'll also be seeing them in a few days oh so, fun yes. are they gonna be there they will Cute. be there yeah Yes. Um, and so what's what's really what's really great is they both mentioned how important it is for people to feel as if they are worthy mm-hmm. to ask for help. Jeez. No, we don't need that shit. Ask a fucking question. That's what I'd be telling people. Don't be scared. Yeah. Because you never know unless you ask. I right. literally got a message this week and it was through Instagram. They're like, hey, I finally 
got enough courage to ask, but I need help with this. Is that something you guys do? And I get more messages like that than I can count. Mm-hmm. And every single time it's heartbreaking because it's like, how long did you sit there with that problem right. before you thought we could and figure out And it became a bigger mm-hmm. problem. And it became a bigger problem. Yes. And you waiting. Yep. And we could have figured out a solution. Right. And so yeah. one of those messages came in and I responded right away because I'm the one that runs the social. I was like, look. You can do this. This is a link to our CPA. He has open hours or like he opens up his schedule, jump on his books. He'll do a 30 minute consultation. He'll just sit with you and figure out what it is that you need. Mm. And their response was, it's that easy. I was like, yes, it's that easy. That's that's all you need to do. It's not like this membership based thing or you have Mm -hmm. to be part of our organization or I have to know you. If I have a solution, let me just let me just connect the dots. People are used to that. They're, They're not. not used yeah. to business help also potentially being nice. And no strings attached. Yes. Because yeah. I don't need anything from you. Like, at the end of the day, we're going to work hard to get our metrics and hit our numbers. Um, but there's there's no gatekeeping with what we do. There yeah. can't be. Because right. the solution is floating out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if you don't tell me what you need, then I can't connect it to. Exactly. Right. Dang. Well, I feel like I can do this for hours. Absolutely. And And I want to. And I want to. Uh, It's okay. We'll like, we're going to see you in like three days. Low key. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 So we'll like legit three days. Yeah, we'll we'll keep this going. You said it. Yeah. Um, So I'm really like, we don't have to get into the specifics here, but like, Shout out to y'all for like your collaboration with like Omar and just like yeah. uh, excuse mm-hmm. me, uh, Benito out here. Excuse me. <laughs> I know. I, just, I was I waiting was like, for you okay, to do this because wait, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> and not to bring up the time suck that TikTok is, but um, I follow Omar uh, Omar Apollo on TikTok. And uh, yeah, shout uh, out to him. I'm <laughs> just gonna say number one, one of okay. <laughs> Okay, so working in the industry, you wait on, you know, celebrities and um, you come across all kinds of people all the time. But having actually worked in like a a brand partnership this closely to uh, arguably a celebrity, I've never met anyone more humble or kind. He was one and he smelled so good. Oh, my God. I was talking about that forever. Okay. But we'll continue that conversation offline. (laughs) I mean, um, we started talking about music and he pulled out his iTunes. I pulled out mine. We're just like making comparisons. What a kind soul. This, he is a a beautiful person. Um, So he came to DRK and he, you know, spent some time with us and we had just a really organic conversation. His parents used to be small business owners. Uh They ended up closing their restaurant. Mm. And he's like, I wish my parents had known about stuff like this. And I was like, this is why we exist because yeah. if you know there's so many of our parents that didn't have um you know those resources or even know where to go so hands down one of the best experiences i've ever had just ever you know being in a space and being able to share space with someone like him yeah, yeah. amazing him and his team aces love 100%. it love it so as we prepare to do the things that we know that we need to do yeah final question for you jackson question I'll have a follow-up. It's a a loosely based out time. Okay. Don't worry about it. It's like when you're breaking down a kitchen and like service stopped, but you still got to clean. It's like that. This is a cleaning section. A couple shifties. (laughs) If you could be remembered for one thing, what would you like for it to be? 
Wow. That's that shit was heavy. Wow. Mm-hmm. If I could be remembered for one thing. Um this is where we would play the Jeopardy theme song if we had money to do it. If we had the license. <laughs> oh, shit. That's yeah. right. You gotta license that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Can't even sing it. I would like no. to be remembered for the way that I made you feel. <gasps> yeah. Like if I share, you know, like in this Look moment right now, right? The crowd. <laughs> yeah. If oh. if we have a chance to break bread, or you're coming to me with a genuine problem. I don't want you to walk away like I belittled you or I made the conversation a lot longer than it needed to be. I want you to feel seen and heard and like my response is genuine, you know, yeah. I think, yeah. If I were to die tomorrow, I would have lived a good life, Aww. but hey, oh, it could happen. I, can't, yeah. I cannot say that shit. This morning oh I like called my cat a bitch because she oh mad too long. I'm not okay. going to be remembered for shit. <laughs> God. Oh, All right. man. <laughs> she started it. Hey, I'll tell you right now, cats are, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cats yeah. are a whole, man, there's a reason, there's a reason that whole generations and uh, cultures surround, like, their worship around this animal. I know. Because, man, there's, there's something. something going on with you guys. No, I did it by accident. <laughs> we have four of them, and I feel oh like God. I just four work for them. It's not my many. fault. It's not my fault. That's a lot of mouths to feed, and they're not even paying taxes. That's what I'm saying. These bitches are not paying taxes. Those are paying rent free. Nothing. Asking me to feed them and Literally a walking vet bill all the time. Well, that's why I'm in a relationship with a vet tech. There you go. So, yes. I was like, it just clicked. <laughs> yeah, we don't pay for shit. <laughs> One of them swallowed a fucking eraser a couple of months back. Oh, Took him no. to work. He's fine. <laughs> He's fine now. There you go. Well, <laughs> attention seeking. <laughs> so, Jackson, how was your time with us? Oh, I had a great time sitting with you guys. I'm not going to lie. I did a deep dive on all these like different episodes. And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, these are some smart people going on here. So, well, I I mean, mean, I felt like I learned a lot today from you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot from you guys. I'm smart. I'm smart. Yeah. I'm loyal. (laughs) You're like, I'm I'm all of the things. So how do we find you? Ooh, if you um, want, want to, to be, be found. found. Well, yeah. <laughs> earlier didn't happen. Yeah, yeah before, that was a hard Before line, episodes. Yeah. <laughs> if you are a small business owner and you need help and you're ready to receive actual, like, genuine help, mm-hmm. uh, you can find us at distrolightkitchen.com uh, or follow us on social media, LinkedIn, at distrolightkitchen. You can also follow me yeah. Uh, yeah. at Jackson Says. If you just want to drop a line and say, hey, or any help or, you know, sweet, want to break some bread. Yeah. 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 It's an I open was, door. Oh, right. my God. I was going to say the trick is you have to listen to the whole episode to get that information <laughs> to apply true. for the grant. Yeah. <laughs> but check that off. right. We there. need an offering in the form of bread and butter. Extra points if the bread is fresh <laughs> right. from your heart. Right. Um, also, I have not forgotten that we're going to do a taco crawl. Okay. Oh, because bitch. when oh, I, exactly we did talk about this. We sure did. We yes. sure did. Yes. We'll we'll figure out the details. Okay. Everyone's invited. Okay. It's gonna be oh, amazing. Let's go. Yeah. So Everyone. I got so some excited. gems. Some yeah. some nice holes in the wall that don't get written about, that don't get any shine, but grind in uh, day in and day out and All right. fabulous. Perfect. Okay. 
Nariba, any closing words? I mean, usually I'm the official closeout. You haven't even done housekeeping yet. This is correct. Do you want me to just... Okay, all right. (laughs) Girl, my name's Nariba Shepard. I used to be at the end end, but now I'm second to last. You can find me on Instagram at Rebaru, R-E-B-A-R-U. And thanks for stopping by. And in final closing, I would like to <laughs> shout out our friends here at Blind Barber for hosting this necessary Blind conversation. Barber. Yes, and then also our friends and partners at Ritual Zero Proof. The proof is in the zeros. That is not their tagline. That is not their tagline. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying something. But yes, no, no worries. And then also the entire production crew, Garnet, Ryan, Tati, Levi, Mario, Marcus, Max, all of the people. And I am Justin Arnett Graham, and you can find me on Instagram at thisisbico. Peace! Bye. (laughs) Okay. My goodness. I got Uh, some sweaty ears. Fire. Oh my god. Sweaty ears. Thank you. That was was wild. You're so easy to talk to. Uh, Thanks, y'all. Yes. yes. One of them is like not even two blocks from me. No, Marcella's bakery. Yeah. You got, oh, where you're winning the Shelly, I remember yes. now. Yep, yep, yep. You got to give me a What is it? Marcello's? Marcello's bakery.